Good morning. Our choir has, was playing homage to the uh, football gods, <laughs> and so they're sorely disappointed. <laughs> they, some of them are still lost in Tennessee, and the rest of them are over in Death Valley. So, yeah, the ones, the Furman ones, are here, aren't they? Yeah. When I said something like that at the nine o'clock service, somebody said. University of Central Florida. And I'm like, what? <laughs> anyway, but I do have a couple of announcements before we, be, before we begin our worship today. Tonight, the prodigal son study uh, that's been going on is this is their concluding night. And at 5.30, they've invited anyone who'd like to come who, uh, to a special praying home, the prodigals, uh, prayer service that they're going to be doing from 5.30 to 6.00. And those with prodigal issues are welcome to join us, uh, their leader said, and pray for prodigals. And I wanted you to, Mike and uh, Smith wanted you to know that. Tomorrow is charge conference, 7 o'clock, here in the sanctuary. <clears throat> Officers, chairs, committees, and staff, uh, we need you to attend to do our annual business of the church. Uh, we will also be uh, taking up a proposal to replace our playground equipment. Today's library day. If we got any little librarians around, today is library day at the proper time if you'll uh, look for the volunteers. I think it's Miss Beth. Is Miss Beth going to do it today? Yes. And Patsy? Yes. Okay. All right. And then the other thing is that <clears throat> tonight is Sunday night programs for the children continue. And a, a reminder, Katie wanted me to remind you, you children that this is the night that you're dressing up in farmer attire. So if you can dress up in farmer attire, that'd be great uh, for a special activity to reinforce their lesson on the harvest. That's tonight. And Katie also wanted us to remind everyone that the Halloween Carnival is next Sunday, uh, beginning at 5, from 5 to 6, inside the Family Life Center. There'll be... Uh, games inside, and then um, somewhere between 6 and 6.30, they'll start moving for the trunk or treat, then it'll be outside. And she has put, uh, we still need some help with the volunteers to run games, uh, provide baked goods, can donate candy, small prizes. If you're willing to volunteer, please see Katie uh, immediately today or tonight, this evening, tomorrow morning. This week, she had put some sign-up sheets in the Sunday school room, so some of you might have already seen this and, and have responded. All right, let us begin our worship.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray together. Almighty God, your Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, is the light of the world. Grant that we, your people, by your word and sacraments, shine with the radiance of Christ's glory, so that Christ may be known. Amen. our faith. <clears throat> I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. 
From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated and let our children come forward. Our young minds, time. help me today okay I've got a lesson but you're part of it when I do this I want you to say again and again can you do that okay you got it your part's easy all right I have a question for you tell me what you do when you have something you really want I mean you really want it like you can't live without it want it and you really want it Beg, right? That's good. That's right. And who do you beg to? Your parents. You guys are two for two. Okay, well, have you ever thought about something that you really wanted, like a new game or a gaming device? I know my first graders, every time I think I have the right one that they like, there's a new one that comes out, and they want the new one. Do you always want the new gaming device? Yeah, and games that go with it. Yeah, that's what my first grade. All right. So when you ask your parents for it, um, do you just ask it once? And if they say, nah, you just say, okay, that's all right. Is that what you do? Well, you're better than any others that I know. Do you keep asking or do you just say it's okay? Is okay? You keep asking. I, I thought somebody up here would do it. But this is how you, most people ask it what? Again and again. That's right. They ask it again and again. And if that doesn't work, you ask it again and again. That's right. And that's how most children are. You keep asking until you hope they get sick and tired of you asking, right? And you think they'll just, excuse me, that you think they'll just say, I'm so sick and tired of you asking. I'm going to give it to you, right? That's kind of the plan, right? Sometimes. I know one time my son, Daniel, who's older now, but when he was little and we would, he asked for something and we would say no, and he'd ask again and again. And one time he said, well, maybe, if you'll just say maybe, I'll quit asking. He thought maybe would be better than no. And he said, if you'll just say maybe, I'll quit asking. But he kept asking 
again and again. Well, sometimes we do keep asking again and again. Do you always get what you ask for every time? No. Sometimes you don't get a toy, Noah. You're right. Or gum, whatever it is you keep asking for, or treat. That's right. And you know why? Let me tell you about your parents. Parents really love you. And they really would like to give you everything you ask for. But you know what? They're kind of wise most of the time. We make mistakes, but we're wise most of the time. And we know it's not always best to give you everything you ask for again and again. And it's not always best. And there's a story in the Bible that I want you to remember because it's just about this. And it's about a woman. And it's in Luke, and it's Luke 18. Say Luke 18. All right. And there was this woman, and she thought something um, was done wrong to her. Somebody had done something that she thought was very wrong, and it was against the law. Um, but back then, lots of times women, if she, they didn't have a lot of say-so in what they thought was against the law. And so she went to this judge. And the first time she went to the judge, he did nothing. Even though she was right, this other person should have paid for what he did to her. I think he stole, he might have stolen something or just did something that was not right. But the judge did nothing. So she went back again. And the judge did nothing. And she kept asking again and again. And you know what the judge finally said? He said, you have worn me out. I am so very tired because you're going to drive me crazy if I don't give you what you ask. And so today, I want you to think about somebody else that we need to go to and ask things again and again. That's what God wants us to do. He, um, he wants to step in and help all of his children. And when you really keep asking for something that he thinks is good for you, he will, answer your he will answer your prayer. He's our Heavenly Father. And he told this. This is what he said. He said to the people when he told this story about the woman in the Bible who kept asking the judge that finally got what she wanted because she wore him out. So it said God will step in and help his children when they keep asking. He won't. He will stick up for them. I promise you, he said, and those were Jesus' words. He said, I, will prom I promise you he will answer your prayers if you ask again and again. Our Heavenly Father loves to do nice things for us, and he wants what's best for us. And he has the wisdom to know what's best for us. But what he wants us to do is keep praying and praying to him and become closer to him and keep praying again and again. And that's our uh, story for today. And what I have today is I have a book. And I wrote on their prayer book. And you always know people. I know you know people that are sick and you hear people that we pray for in church. Well, this is for you to remember. So, or something you just want to pray about. Maybe you have a test coming up in school. Or maybe you have a friend that's sad. You can write it in here. And then that way you can keep track of the things you need to pray for again and again. And God will answer your prayers if it's what's best for everyone. So let us pray. Dear Father, 
Help us to remember to come to you to pray again and again as children that love and want to serve you. Amen. Amen. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. is from 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 through verse 5 in chapter 4. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus who will judge the living and the dead and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say, what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, and do the work of an evangelist. <clears throat> Discharge all the duties of your ministry. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
Let us bow our heads in prayer. O God, in your mercy, hear the prayers of these thy people. O merciful God, how wonderful and gracious are your ways. In your words are sweetness, and in your, your path is life. And we come to you like children. We offer our praise to your name. We lift our thanksgiving to your glory. We know that your promises are true. We have experienced them. And we know that you have promised to write upon our hearts a new covenant, a new way of living. And yet we must confess this day that our hearts often turn away from you. We fall in love with the concerns of this world. We turn inward to our own desires and and then we complain when you don't respond as quickly as we might wish. We abandon you when we give up on prayer. And then we wonder why we have lost heart. Oh Lord, forgive us. Remember our sin no more. Turn us back to you, the source of our life and breath. And may your life-giving spirit give us the words to proclaim your truth to an unbelieving world. We're reminded this day that you employ many means to bring health and well-being to your people. And we especially pray this day for our doctors and our nurses and all others who work in caregiving professions. And we are reminded this day that there are many who are discouraged, who have lost heart because of their suffering. We pray that you'd wrap them in their into your arms and give them comfort that in their affliction they might find hope and peace. And help us all to understand that even if affliction is not removed in this life, give us the strength to endure where it will be removed in the next. And give all who distress in any ways peace this day continue to write your words on our hearts and continue to hear our prayers for we pray in the name of the Christ who taught us to pray saying these words our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us continue our worship with our giving. Let our ushers come forward at this time.
please be seated. We have been looking at parables and following along through the Gospel of Luke now for many weeks, and one, almost every one of these uh, scriptures have a lot to do with just the idea of faith. Uh, and here in chapter 18, verse 1, uh, we continue this thought as Jesus gives this parable to the disciples to show them that they should always pray and not give up. And so he said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. And for some time the judge refused, but finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. And so then the Lord said about this story, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, we thank you for your scriptures that guide us and help us, the Holy Spirit that is here present with us. And may we be taught and understood this day what you would have us to hear. We pray in your name. Amen. Now, I have found out that character uh, requires a lot of traits and attributes and one of the strongest traits of a person with a good character is the, is the trait of perseverance. Perseverance is a trait that is much admired and, and with good reason. For those who persist, uh, those who labor unceasingly, those who hang in there against all odds, generally accomplish a great deal. And the Bible is full of examples of perseverance. And this lesson today seems to be a classical example of the link between perseverance and blessing. Today I want to suggest to you that Jesus was trying to tell his listeners that day and to all of us ever since something even more profound than that. Let me explain. You know, we believe in a God of grace. Indeed, the essence of the scripture is found in that verse that says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that is not your own doing. It's a gift of God. So the question has to be, how can we assert that if you'll just persevere, that if you'll just hang in there and pester God enough, God will roll over and give you what you want? You see, on the face of it, that's what it seems like Jesus is saying. But that kind of assertion reduces the gospel to a matter of works. And when it reduces the gospel to a matter of works, it lays guilt trips on some people. And it creates pride in others. Let me give you some examples. If you try hard enough, God will give you stuff. You may have said that yourself. I know you've heard it. 
If you just try hard enough, God will give you stuff. See what I have? A lot of TV preachers like this. They like to say that. But if you don't try hard enough, you know God's not going to listen to you. You'll not get what you want or need. This is a works gospel, and it's a false gospel. How can we say such things and look one another in the eye? How can we tell a person who's suffering from cancer, you haven't prayed enough? How can we suggest to a person whose child has been injured in a tragic accident, if you just remember to pray, this would not have happened? Persevere and you'll be blessed is not Jesus' point. I believe Jesus had a bigger thing for us to see. I believe God wanted us to, to, to draw a contrast. Jesus wanted us to draw a contrast between God the Creator and the ways of the world. If people who are in the world, like a, caring, a, a corrupt and unjust judge, could still render justice, to a planter that is persistent. How much more will God, who loves us and is concerned about us, willing to bring justice into our life? I believe the point of the parable, the reason that Jesus told this story and used this illustration, is to remind us that the ways of God are not the ways of the world. To remember and draw that contrast. I believe Jesus told this to remind us not to lose heart. That persistence in prayer does not always bring you an immediate blessing. But persistence in prayer helps us not to lose heart, no matter what it is that we face. You see, it's really a matter of timing. I heard a story not too long ago, or read a story, about a person who was a little bit confused about God's timing. A newspaper had been running a series of articles about the value of church attendance and church in general, what a person could get from sermons and from worshiping with God's people. And one day, a letter to the editor arrived, and it said, print this if you dare. I'm trying an experiment, and here it is. And so far, I've been real successful. You see, I've I have a field. I plowed it on Sunday. I planted it on Sunday. I cultivated it on Sunday. I gathered the harvest on Sunday. And I hauled it to my barn on Sunday. I find that my harvest this October is just as great as any of my neighbors who went to church. So where is God? Well, the answer came a few weeks later and somebody wrote in response to that letter and said, you're mistaken. Your mistake is in thinking that God always settles his accounts in October. That's often our mistake, you see. We think that God will act when and how we want God to act according to our timetable, according to our desires. But the fact is our vision is limited. We, we can't see the end from the beginning. Bad things happen. And sometimes it seems that justice will not come. That evil will prevail. That death will have the last word. 
But Jesus says in the face of that, draw a contrast. Draw, con- draw a contrast between putting your faith in the things of this world and putting your faith in the Creator God. Putting your faith in the Creator God causes you and allows you to pray and not lose heart. Persistence in prayer is really what faithfulness is all about. It means refusing to give in to appearances and continuing to trust God to act in the right way and in God's perfect timing. It may appear that we are alone. It may appear that God does not hear us. It may appear that injustice and evil are prevailing, but faith dares to go on praying. Faith dares to persevere. Faith dares to approach the reality that we cannot see and live by it. And that's what makes people of faith different from other people. People of faith People of faith are willing to live by what they cannot see but believe to be real rather than by what they can see and what the world tells them is real. Many people mostly pray when they're in a jam, when they're desperate, uh, when they haven't been able to come up with some fast and efficient human solution. And when they don't get the answer they expect, when they expect it, the temptation comes to stop praying and to start asking why or to start believing that God is not with us, that God is absent. That is not faithful living. It's not what Jesus calls us to do. Jesus calls us to pray unceasingly and not to lose heart and to know that there is a blessing at the end of this perseverance, but it's a blessing that may or may not come in this life. Jesus has told us clearly that God has promised to stand by us and vindicate us That God has promised a new heaven and a new earth. That God has promised to save and deliver those who will trust in Him. So the lesson of today's gospel is not persist and you'll get a blessing because that's not in doubt for those who believe. The real lesson is found in our reaction to the world around us. The real lesson is in our reaction to our trials and our tribulations. Will we trust God? Will we believe? Will we pray and not lose heart? Or do we look around and we think, well, this world is all that there really is. And so we put our faith in material things, things that we can see. And so when we think that way, we only go to God when it's absolutely nothing else we can do. But just as soon as things don't work out the way we think they should, on on our timing, we abandon God. And then we feel 
empty and depressed and not in control of our existence. And so I believe that this scripture is begging us to ask a couple of questions of ourselves. Where is the point in your life, now think about this, where is the point in your life at which you need to let go? Where is the point in your life in which you need to let go of your fears or let go of your frustrations or let go of your impatience or let go of your anger? Where is the point in your life in in which you need just to sink down into patient trusting in God's timing and God's way of working? Where is the point in your life at which you need to stop asking why and instead trust God to bring about that which God has promised? All those many years ago, Jesus knew in these latter days that we would be tempted. That we'd be tempted to turn away from our faith. And so we ask at the end of that body of work, all those many parables about faithfulness and faith that we have heard him say to the disciples. We see this turning point there in the scripture. And we hear this question, which really and truly should frighten us, should help us think about where we are in our faith and where the world is going in in their faith. He asked that question at the end. All those many years ago, the question on my mind, Jesus says, is when I come back, will I find faith on the earth? When I come back, will I find faith on the earth? Will I find us being faithful? Will I find you, those who profess to believe in me and to follow me, will you remain faithful while I'm gone? Can I count on you? When I return, will I find you being faithful? That's the question that ends these parables. It's an important, I believe, question for us to ponder in our time. And it's an important question, I believe, that each of us should ponder individually as we seek to live as faithful followers of Jesus Christ. Amen.
May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit, may they be yours this day and each day. Amen.